If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. We have good news in the search for justice. We have good news for the show. We have Sarah Gonzalez on, Ali Bestucky. A light in the mood you're going to want to hang out for. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Great news. Well, great news and terrible news. Maybe more terrible news than great news. <laughs> Either way, we have a great show for you here, but let's begin with... Kind of the bad news. The bad news is we now know the FBI was coordinating with Joe Biden to search his endless stacks of classified documents back in November. Now, why is that bad news? The bad news is because you and I didn't know about that until today. So what this is is essentially more confirmation, not that we need it anymore, that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is a completely compromised federal law enforcement arm that shouldn't continue to exist in any form. When any Republican gets busted, the FBI can't wait to get on the phone and text their New York Times friends and make phone calls and everything's leaked right away and the Republican is smeared. When a Democrat gets themselves in trouble, the FBI and DOJ will coordinate to run cover for that Democrat until just the right time so it will make the least amount of impact on the next group of Democrats getting elected. Keep in mind, this is once again confirmation that the Federal Bureau of Investigation must be broken up into a thousand pieces and scattered to the winds. That's a fact. Now, Joe, what's he doing? 
you can call it dishonest, and of course it is, but it's probably smart. He's just out there doing the whole, what? Documents? I didn't know. One other, if the, if the, if the uh, special counsel who's starting to do gas for your testimony, would you give testimony? I didn't know. What? Classified documents in virtually every place I work or live? Boy, I didn't know. If someone had only told me, and look, it's probably smart. It's going to be effective. Probably very smart. It's going to be effective because the media, what you're watching here, it's the demolition of Joe Biden's career. No question about that, organized by Democrats, but a controlled demolition. This isn't some smart bomb they're going to drop from on top. they got to worry about collateral damage. You can't hurt Joe too much. We can't hurt the Democratic Party too much. Hey, let's make sure we clear everybody out, attach the explosives, make sure this is all done on the up and up. So look, they want to bring the building down. The Biden building has to come down, but let's make sure nobody gets too hurt in the whole thing. Whereas if that's, you know, a Republican, if that's Donald Trump, they're just carpet bombing the whole city in an effort to get the Trump building down. That's the difference. Let's do keep in mind something about this DOJ, because we did get some good news. Mark Houck, the pro-life guy, he got arrested, you remember, on some bogus charge we talked about, a completely bogus charge, some nutballs verbally accosting his son. Houck steps in between. It was such a non-issue, even local authorities said, what? No, it's nothing, everything's dismissed. And then Roe versus Wade gets overturned, and all of a sudden the DOJ, working as an activist firm for the Democrats, decides to go start tracking down all these pro-life pastors for reading Bible verses and singing worship songs at these things. Well, he was facing 11 years. He just got sprung. He just got found not guilty. So that's a very, very, very good thing. It's also a good thing watching a man, once he gets sprung, get outside the courtroom and pray. Thank you, Lord. We know where two or more are gathered in your name. You are there in our midst. Your spirit is here. It's been present with us, consoled us, strengthened us, and fortified the journey. We pray that through this victory today that the pro-life movement will be emboldened and that more will come out and more will get involved, be encouraged by this result, knowing that they're fully protected under the law, that they do not have to fear, and that their rights will not be infringed upon as mine seem to be. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus, in your holy name. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. 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 His lawyer was there. Had a little bit more to say. From day one, this case uh, has been an intimidation tactic by the Biden Department of Justice. This matter uh, is one that uh, never should have gotten the attention of the Department of Justice. Our hope here is that a message was sent to Washington, D.C. to stop this harassment of sidewalk counselors who are just trying to provide alternatives to those who are uh, facing an abortion decision. Uh, and I hope, again, this will be one of those uh, points where uh, a change is made. And so no one else will have to suffer the, uh, the same way that Mark and his family have had to suffer here. I don't know that they're going to get that message. I hope they do, too. Joining me now, my friend Ali Bestucky, host of, host of Relatable. Ali, okay, obviously I'm thrilled for Mark. Very, very happy about this. This whole yeah. thing was a sham. Call me crazy. I don't think the Department of Justice is going to just back away now that they had one verdict they don't like. There's clearly a war going on here, and it's against us. 
Yeah, something tells me that you're right about that. The fact that he was never charged by local police, but the Biden administration just swooped in and decided to intervene using this very obscure act that was passed in the 90s, the FACE Act, shows us how determined they really are. If they weren't determined, if they planned to stop here, they wouldn't have started this whole thing in the first place. But they intervened in a minor altercation between a pro-life advocate and a guy who was crudely harassing the advocate's son and they decided that they were going to charge him federally and he faced potentially 11 years in prison that to me doesn't seem like the kind of attitude that is going to let up now so i think you're right i am thrilled by the result but we're just seeing the beginning of this ali i think people seem to forget what sparked this little abortion war from the doj was the overturning of roe versus wade i don't think people fully grasped how inappropriate to put it mildly that is for the doj to have a supreme court ruling they don't like and in turn turn around and declare war on pastors singing worship songs and bible verses right we forget about that we forget that this started with a leak and i guess we'll never find out who even leaked the dobbs decision and then with the overturning of roe v wade this started with terrorism that was from pro-choice pro-abortion activists that were firebombing and harassing, vandalizing these pro-life centers. And you'll notice that the DOJ has been much slower to find and indict those individuals that committed those crimes. Apparently there have been two that have been federally charged now, which I think is a good thing, but it's very disproportionate. There were something like two dozen pro-life centers across the country that because there was a Supreme Court decision that these people did not like, they decided to terrorize these pro-life pregnancy centers and the Biden administration was all too eager to come in behind them and say, good job. Joe Biden and well, Pelosi does this all the time. Many of them do this, but anyway, about the whole Catholicism thing and the Pope and Christianity. Anyway, here was Joe. Bishop, Bishop, Allie, they do this whole I'm a Catholic thing, I'm a Christian thing a lot, which is so odd to take the rabid pro-abortion stance they have while at the same time saying, well, I, I, I love Jesus. Yeah, you know, I'm not Catholic, and so I'm not really sure what all of the bishops think that he is talking about. It wouldn't really surprise me if this pope does land on the liberal side of things. But you're right, it's kind of confounding to me too. Why try to use the Bible or use Catholicism to justify your belief that we should have unrestricted, unfettered slaughter of unborn babies on the taxpayer dime? Have that belief just rest in the hypocrisy that it is to say that you're some kind of a devout Catholic and to have that stance too. But why use the Pope? Why try to use the Catholic Church to justify such an inhumane stance? I'm not really sure. I guess it helps them sleep at night. Yeah, sure it does. Okay, where do we stand on the pro-life war? This is something I've been passionate about. I know you've been passionate about for a very long time, fighting for the lives of these unborn babies. Okay, Roe versus Wade is overturned. That's obviously great. Are we winning? Are we losing? Are we, is it a stalemate right now? Look, I do think it's a little bit of a difficult time for uh, the pro-life movement because too many people on the pro-life side, they saw 
the victory that was the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which was definitely a victory as kind of maybe an end point, or maybe they got to let up a little bit and they don't feel like they need to double down on their efforts. But really, as we know, this is where the state legislation comes in. This is when we can actually fight for the legislation that really does protect and honor the dignity of all human beings inside the womb. And so I think, you know, as always, we are battling a behemoth um, in the media of misinformation and propaganda that scares women, especially Christian women, into thinking that it is lacking compassion somehow to protect babies inside the womb. And, you know, I don't know, there has to be some kind of level of bodily autonomy and reproductive rights to truly be empathetic or whatever it is, whatever the propaganda of the day is. So we've got a big battle ahead. Um, but it's also an exciting time. We have a lot of opportunity to change people's minds and to really change the state law in a way that can really make a difference for unborn children. Ali Bestucky, you were the best. Come back soon. Thanks so much. All right. Now, it's good that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And if you are pro-life like I am, just know that I do believe we are winning. We just have a long, long, long way to go, right? You know, we don't need to look back. We got a long way to go. We are winning. So there, sleep on that. Actually, sleep with that. Sleep on your ghost bed. Because, I mean, you need a good night's sleep. And you know, like, all these mattresses are made overseas, right? Not ghost bed. American-made. Family company. The greatest night's sleep ever. And they have steals out right now. 30, 40% off. If you go to ghostbed.com slash jesse, 30% off a mattress right now. Oh, maybe you want an adjustable base. Uh, let me just say, as someone who has an adjustable base, as someone who gets to roll over and beep, press a button and now I'm sitting up and feeling better, you want to go that route, that's 40% off. Ghostbed.com slash jesse, the best freaking night's sleep you'll ever have in your life, all right? We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. I know there's little babies here, but close your ears. <laughs> I, this is just a tradition that all shows normally do, so raise your glasses. Cheers to you, cheers to me, cheers to the ones that live where we Yeah! Joining me now, my friend Sarah Gonzalez of the great news and why it matters on Blaze TV. Sarah, okay, you're the one who actually recorded that video of that thing in front of those kids. What am I looking at and where did this take place? Uh, yeah, well, you, so you actually, I, I want to make one correction here, Jesse. This is happening in Princeton, Texas, outside of McKinney. And I went in to expose and record, as I often do. However, 
something interesting happened. They found me and they kicked me out because they didn't want me exposing them. And then they proceeded to stream the entire event on their Facebook page on Facebook Live. So very fascinating to me that they were, were worried about me being there about what I would expose. And then they proceeded to tell on themselves on the internet where I went and found it and sifted through the awful footage that you see and, and made sure to find the worst moments to expose them anyway. But I mean, what you're looking at, Jesse, is a bearded drag queen performing in front of young children, uh, you know, talking sexually explicitly. And of course, at the end, uh, you do see the children right there run in to grab the drag queen's tip money, collect it for him, and the host, the bearded host says, look at these children, this is our future. And that is of course the children gathering up the tip money for the stripper, I'm sorry, drag queen. Sarah, most people are not intimately familiar with every single part of Texas. Texas certainly has plenty of blue areas. I live in one in Houston, you live in one in Dallas, but is this one of those blue areas, Sarah? How, how can we explain this? Please tell me this is some blue area where this is happening. Uh, well, Jesse, no, uh, unfortunately it's not. Although I think that I would question that myself after I saw this occur and, and take place. This is a very small rural town uh, outside of a suburb, outside of, of Dallas. So we're not talking about the inner city. We're not talking about the heart of Dallas. We are talking about a place that uh, is very rural, typically is thought of as very, very red. And I've spoken to a lot of the community members there in Princeton, and they say that they're horrified that this is happening right under their nose. But unfortunately, we're seeing these little small groups popping up in these conservative areas. And as you know, Jesse, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And these people are loud and they're vocal and they push the city council around until they get what they want. And unfortunately, this resulted in this little town of Princeton, Texas, having this hosted at the city's community center. Okay, Sarah, I'm going to ask a question and I'm just going to give you the floor because you may need some time. How does this stop? Look, I've watched your reporting, your outstanding reporting on this for a while now, infiltrating these places, videoing these places. I can only be horrified so many times before. I, I, I demand some changes. How does this stop? Does this stop? Maybe it doesn't stop. Maybe that's the answer. How do we stop this? Well, I mean, I think whether or not it stops, the answer is depends on whether or not conservatives are ready to get off their couches and do something. Because I got to tell you, this culture war that we are fighting right now is not going to be won with conservatives sitting on the sidelines watching everyone else do the work. It's going to take all of us doing the heavy lifting. I've had a lot of success in pushing a lot of these venues to change all of these disgusting, sexually explicit drag shows to 18 and up if the community reaches out, if they put pressure on, we need to be putting pressure on everyone, right? Sure, put pressure on your lawmakers. You're gonna see me in Austin this session, but also put pressure on the venues, put pressure on these people who are putting these, these disgusting shows on for children. Everyone needs to be held accountable and you don't do that by keeping to yourself. Complacency is the problem, Jesse. Complacency is why we are talking about this right now, you and I. Could you imagine 10 years ago having to have this conversation about a 
adults, grown adults, grooming children into this lifestyle. We would have never thought that we would have this conversation, but we are because of complacency. So it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us getting active and vocal and not caring about what the left is going to call you because they're going to call you all of those names anyway. At least we can save the culture, but it's going to take all of us getting active. We've got to infiltrate the school boards. We've got to infiltrate the city councils. We've got to be talking to them because let me tell you, while we've been sitting on our couches, the left has been infiltrating the education department, the city councils, local you know, uh, uh, government, and this is how they have been able to, to rot the culture this much in this short amount of time. Sarah, you say put pressure on. What do you mean by that? Because I can't imagine how many fathers and mothers are watching this right now in a rural town and they're looking and they don't want it to happen there or it happened there and they're mad about it. And they look, they want to do something. They want to put pressure, but they don't know what that means. What does that mean? What do they do? Well, so so let me give you just an example, right? So my organization uh, that that we we have defendkidstx.com. It's called Defend Our Kids Texas. So what we have done is we are compiling a list of all of the events that are taking place in Texas, and we are blasting out to our email list. We're blasting out, uh, hey, this venue is planning to have an all ages drag brunch. It is, you know, here's the phone number. Here's the website. Here's the social media. Please let them know how you feel about it. And the community members go, they make the phone calls, they show up, they leave a negative review on on Facebook. They're doing what the left has been doing for so long when they try to get advertisers to, to, you know, boycott Tucker Carlson. This is what the left has been so good at doing is putting pressure on sponsors, advertisers, venues. And we've just sat back and watched it happen and not fought back. And I'm saying it's about time that we do what they have been doing, but do it better. Amen. I like that. All right. Let's fast forward to a little 2024 preview. These are always a good time. Trump and Heavy D starting to snip at each other a little bit. Trump's being a little more overt. Heavy D's playing it cool. Here was all this COVID stuff. Florida was actually closed for a very long period of time. Remember, he closed the beaches and everything else. You know, they're trying to rewrite history. I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. Oof, DeSantis doing the check out the scoreboard thing. Okay, Sarah, I know the the pro-DeSantis people are are upset about that because it is a dishonest attack. Trump was heavily pro-lockdown and he wasn't wasn't near as pro-freedom as DeSantis was, but I get the attack. It's a primary. This is a weak issue for Trump, so why not try to attach it to DeSantis too? I don't know. I'm not stressing about it. Yeah, I'm not stressing about it either, but I would say I would hope that Donald Trump shouldn't stress about it because I think it's important that we remind everyone DeSantis hasn't announced anything. Of course, obviously, if you're DeSantis, I'm DeSantis, I'm probably going to run, but he hasn't announced anything yet. And I would caution President Trump in attacking DeSantis too soon because that will show that he is insecure and that could you know, project his weakness. I would say we have a primary system for a reason. 
and let's just let that primary system take place and may the best man win. Sarah Gonzalez, The News and Why It Matters. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right. We have more. We're not done. Let's talk about you, your standard of living. Speaking of Trump and DeSantis, a lot of people are still supporting Trump for a very, very, very good reason. People don't seem to understand that. We'll talk about that in the economy next. Before we get to that, let's get to cutting some bills out. There is a big fat bill you timeshare owners want to cut out. I know. I get all the emails. Jesse, I signed up. I want out. Jesse, I signed up. I want out. Jesse, I want out of my timeshare. They won't let me out. Call Lone Star Transfer, please. You don't have to believe these timeshare companies that tell you you're stuck for life. You don't have to, you don't even have to believe the fine print they sent you. Oh, you, you forgot to read page 55, paragraph F. You don't, you don't have to do that. Lone Star Transfer is onto this game. They are 99% successful. This is a family company. They guarantee in writing that they will get you out within a specific time frame. You are one phone call away from freedom. Call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. You know what is hot now? And it's going to be hot for a while. We're going to discuss it here. When I say hot, I mean one of those hot topics people talk about is Trump and DeSantis and Trump and DeSantis. And I will just say, as you know, I'm not on either team, but I totally understand why people support both. I haven't decided who I'm voting for yet. I don't know. I'll let you know when I do know. I don't know. I want to see them go compete. But this is one thing I see, and it bothers me a lot. It bothers me when I see DeSantis people say, I don't know why anybody would vote for Trump. I don't understand why anyone would vote for Trump. Do you not know people? Real, non-political people? And the reason I bring this up is non-political people, normal people, many, 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 many of them had their lives significantly improved economically under Donald Trump. Everybody isn't like me or like you, wakes up every single morning, browsing the news of the day, the latest headlines. Hey, did you see this? Most people, understandably, they're not wrong for this. Most people, understandably, they vote on the food they're putting on the table. They vote on, are you covering the gas for the month? Are you covering rent for the month? Are you, how is your life, how's your standard of living under this guy? Many, many, many millions of people in this country saw their standard of living get better under Trump, and they want a part two of that. I would argue if you're maybe you're out on Trump, you're done with the whole thing. I, I get it. Again, I get that too. I'm not judging you. Do keep that in mind. Many people saw their lives get better. And right now, they're, as, they, as we look around, they're watching their lives get worse. Just going to do a little brief economic update here. It's bad, man. Gas prices going back up, gone up for five straight weeks. National average is up 33 cents from the last month, 14 cents from a year ago. And this is at a time, which we're going to go over in a second, this is at a time when everything else is getting more expensive too. 
And this is part of the reason I, I understand why people want to go back, because this is what people are experiencing, normal people. I would argue many of my maybe wealthier friends in the media business don't spend enough time with normal people. Again, I'm not judging, but normal people are watching not just gas, energy, their power bill. I hear more complaints in my circles about the power bill. Did you see the power bill? Oh my gosh, we need to go shopping for a new power company. What about the power bill? The power, the power, gas, power, eggs. Eggs are one of those things. I, I, I was taught by my folks when I was very, very, very young. We didn't have a lot of money. That eggs were just one of those incredible foods. Why? They're incredibly good for you. They're easily available. And they're very, very cheap. You can consume eggs, a very nutritious meal, for not very much money. Or, you know what, I take that back. You could. Because now, eggs are up a lot. In some cases, some places in the country, egg prices have doubled a staple on the American table for breakfast, lunch, and dinner on occasion, if you're doing breakfast for dinner, double. Okay, so we got gas, we got power, we got things like eggs. What you're seeing when we, when we talk about these separate things is somebody's standard of living, many, many millions of Americans, their standard of living going down. And maybe you're not experiencing that right now. And if you're not, that's fine, good. I'm not, hey, good, good, I'm glad you're not but always keep some perspective for the people who are. I have been out of work. I know what it's like to watch bills pile up. I know what it's like to have to sit down with the wife and, hey, I think we, we should probably cancel this. Uh, I had to sell my car at one point in time, trade it in on some old used car. I know what it's like to sit down with the budget and look at the bank accounts and know that you're not gonna make it unless you make changes. Keep in mind, we now know 166 million Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and here's what's staggering. Eight million of those people make over $100,000 a year. And I need to clarify something else here. Maybe, maybe right now you're saying to yourself, well, that's crazy. If you can't make it on 100 grand a year, you suck, you're irresponsible. Let me, let me just tell you a brief little story here before I go back into everything else. If you haven't moved around a lot, you may not fully grasp the difference in standard of living and what it costs in this area versus that area because it is drastically different. When I was in Arizona after I lost two congressional races, I wanted to stay in the political fight. I wanted to stay in the game. And I was offered a job at a DC political firm, $75,000 a year. Now maybe that's not a lot of money to you, but my eyes about popped out of my head. 75 grand a year, dang, we're loaded. And I remember moving the family, wife, two kids back to DC. $75,000 a year, we're not expensive people, right? We don't have boats and jet skis and cocaine and all these other things, we're just, we're just very simple people. We weren't making it. Renting a home, we weren't making it. That's happening right now across the country. Across the country, especially in the more expensive areas, and many people are tied to these expensive areas, jobs, families, churches, schools, etc. They're not making it. Even a hundred grand ain't cutting it. And what's really, really bad, it's not just that we're down, right? It's one thing to be down, all right? This would be up and this is down. It's one thing if we're down. What's bad is 
there's no indication we're going to start heading back up. I mean, you listen to Joe Biden, they're still out there saying, well, everything's great. Change? What? I ran for president to build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. To bring back good paying jobs you can raise a family on, whether or not you went to college. To give working families a little more breathing room to invest in ourselves again, to invest in America again. That's what we've done. They're out there bragging. It's not just Joe Biden. It's the standards saying now for the Democratic Party. You would at least expect a little fake empathy, right? Hey, guys, I know it's not going well, but uh, we're going to turn it around. Uh, We're going to do something. (laughs) They're out there. Chuck Schumer, eh, man, the train ain't a-stopping. Now, you can use whatever train metaphor you want, anyone you want, but get on the Joe Biden Express now because we are not stopping. They have no intention of turning this around. They have no intention of stopping. We're $31 trillion in debt. The value of your dollar continues to free fall. They keep jacking up interest rates. And there's no indication that us being down is going to change and start going that way. In fact, everything looks like it's going this way. We haven't even started discussing the debt ceiling yet. They're already out there all posturing on the debt ceiling. That big fight's coming tomorrow. We're going to meet this Wednesday. Um, I know the president said he didn't want to have any discussions, but I think it's very important that our whole government is designed to find compromise. I want to find a reasonable and a responsible uh, way that we can lift the debt ceiling but take control of this runaway spending. I mean, if you look at the last four years, the Democrats have increased spending by 30 percent, $400 billion. Well, that was true, but it wasn't the whole truth necessarily. You see, every now and then, the communists do get some criticisms of Republicans very, very, very right. Like when they go on NBC and say this, they're not lying. I think the other thing working against McCarthy is that three times Donald Trump asked Republicans to raise the debt limit. Right. Three times they did it. How now do you have smoke for a Democrat? Well, and it's president? not just that. It's not just that. I mean, Donald Trump is responsible for $7.8 trillion of right. debt on his own. Republicans were absent yeah. through the Trump years in talking about fiscal restraint. It's hard for them to say now this on discretionary spending alone, right? They're not talking about entitlement reform. We have to do this. It just feels like a phony fight, even for somebody who's, I think we need real spending reform. You raised the issue of... They're not wrong. Republicans blow through money the same way. And now they're all going to get together and compromise on why we need to raise the debt ceiling some more, further destroying the value of your dollar and lowering that standard of living. That's just, an, that's just a, an ugly economy update. All right, let's move on. Evita Duffy Alfonso is going to join us next to talk a little bit more about this economy and what we're facing and why we're facing it and all these other things. But before we get to her, let's get to the greatest freaking space heater ever. And I'm, I'm actually not happy about it because as I've mentioned before, The wife continues to carry around the Eden Pure Gen 40 space heater around the home 
they might as well get her a version that she can attach to her belt at this point in time. You see, she loves to be warm, but we never had space heaters because they all get too hot. The dog would burn himself on it, the kids would burn themselves on it. Then Eden Pure comes along and they put out one that's infrared. So it's safe, safe for your family. Now she can carry around this portable sun with her everywhere and she does. They got them 50 bucks off right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, get you 50 bucks off your Gen 40 infrared heater. Greatest friggin' space heater ever. Go now. We'll be back. Biden says that the economy is doing really well, that gas prices are down and inflation is down. Would you agree with that? Come on, Joe. You know better, Joe. You, you know that's not true, Joe. Gas prices down. Ain't no gas. What you mean gas prices down? It's almost $5 for a gallon of gas. <laughs> that's why I don't own a car. I'm not paying no fat off no gas. <laughs> he's a Democrat. He said what he had to say. But no, do I agree? Absolutely not. I mean, he's not really doing anything. The gas prices are down because you guys control the prices of gas. You can make them go down. You can make them go up. But no, not at all. He says the economy is doing really well. Do you agree that he's that it's doing well? Nope. How can it? Come on. You guys go to the store and buy gas. You know. No, no. That's not true, Joe. I, I like you. You're my guy. But no. Not true. Joining me now, Evita Duffy Alfonso, great writer for The Federalist, also co-founder of The Chicago Thinker. Okay, Evita, let's talk about the last guy for a minute, because I see a lot of that in this country, from both sides, to be honest with you. I don't like this. This is a lie. I don't like this. This is a lie. You still support him? Oh, yeah. He's my guy. Now, maybe I'm just cold. Maybe I'm disloyal. I don't, I don't know, but... I could never imagine doing that. What's with these people? Yeah, it's, it's such a great question. It's so perplexing for many of us because this, these, this, this video that I, you know, I, I, I put together is actually from uh, Chicago and in some of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago. So these people, more than probably most Americans, are really struggling through this economy, really struggling through Democrat crime, um, and yet they are still supporting Democrats. And I actually... I spoke to a police officer on the south side of Chicago. Um, he's, you know, anonymously, he's not allowed to say what his name is or anything like that because it's very strict. But he said, you know, a lot of the people in the city, they continue to vote Democrat because it's very generational. Um, as communities uh, that are, you know, have, are, have been black for a very long time, their grandparents, their great grandparents, they've all been, you know, voting Democrat um, since the 1930s. Uh, continue to vote Democrat and they have the I mean the party really has a hold on them and I just when I was there it really made me think what would happen if Republicans actually tried to reach out to people like this went into these really terrible neighborhoods and said hey there's a better option for you guys stop voting for the same people over and over again and you might see different results but the problem is that Republicans I don't think are reaching out to blacks or Hispanics for that matter as well, who are, ev are even more uh, optimistic demographic for Republicans. And it's, it's very disappointing. Yeah, maybe we could make more inroads with the black community if we actually reached out and met these people instead of just passing bills where people get sprung from prison and then acting like that's black outreach, which is actually kind of insulting when you think about it. Okay, you know what, let's talk about this. Speaking of these neighborhoods, 
tamales. Now, being from Texas, we have superior tamales down here. No offense, of course, Evita, but I understand you did a little doc about tamale vendors in Chicago. So I, I went to Little Village, which is the Mexican-American neighborhood in Chicago. It's majority uh, Mexican, but there's also some Puerto Ricans um, there as well. And they, many of them are illegal, so some of them they can't get regular jobs. They um, don't have social security numbers, so they are, you know, a, a huge part of the economy in that neighborhood is street vending. And so they're selling tamales, they're selling churros. And because these people are operating on a cash only basis, um, because they are out on the streets, oftentimes in the really early morning at like 3 a.m., they're, they're beginning, they're, they're selling, um, they've become terrible targets of gangs on uh, in some of the worst Chicago neighborhoods. So they'll, they'll come in with machine guns, you know, terrifying these poor people, pointing guns at their heads, saying, give me all your money, give me all your personal items, um, and, and robbed. And it's really, it's been really interesting because these are supposedly Lori Lightfoot and Kim Fox's constituency. And yet they've said these, this mayor and this DA and this governor are, are not doing a good job for us. We feel extremely unsafe. We don't feel like they care about us. The only comment that Lori Lightfoot's given on these repeated violent robberies is that these people should go cashless and the vendors that i talked to said that is not an option at all we we operate on a cash only basis our customers are cash only it really is a testament to how little she cares about them and and the struggles that they're going through by having a ridiculous solution that does nothing to address the real problem which is crime you actually got out on the street and asked people about Lori Lightfoot and crime. I like this. Here's some of it. It's been going a lot going on in this area, especially since Lori Lightfoot has been in here. So it's like, it's not safer. She didn't do nothing. You know, we got people being shot in their vehicles. You still got people stealing cars and robbing people. Me living in this community is not safe. I have to walk down the street with a knife just to go home. Under anybody's leadership, is this city going to get safer? No, not at all. I mean, you can't control crime. Crime has been popularized through music, and especially in certain areas. I mean, she's not going to do a big change of justice. No, not at all. Evita, they're going to reelect Lori Lightfoot, aren't they? So it's, it's an interesting question. The people that I, I spoke with, I mean, to me, if it seems like no, that, that either people aren't going to vote or they're definitely not going to vote for her. The problem with Chicago is that it's extremely corrupt. I mean, before anybody was ever talking about voting irregularities or problems, Chicago had that for decades. So I I worry that the this tradition of of a lot of cheating, a lot of, of corruption is going to continue during this next election. But if if the people actually had their way in the city of Chicago, I don't believe Lori Lightfoot is going it would win. But I I think unfortunately that that's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, so I hate to even ask this question because I actually, now I love the country too, but I love cities. I have so much fun every time I go to Chicago and New York City and these other places. I have a blast in the cities, but Chicago is not going to turn around, is it? Yeah, so it's an interesting question. I I grew up in a, a rural area and I went to, the first time I was at in Chicago was when I got an acceptance letter from the University of Chicago. I'd never been there. I went there for the first time. I fell in love with the city. Um, I, I 
definitely prefer urban environments to rural ones. There's all there's life is at your fingertips. The problem is it's it's not at your fingertips when you're too afraid to walk down the street. And over the last few years, especially since Lori Lightfoot was elected in 2019, things have gotten increasingly worse. And I think the only way that things are going to turn around is when they hit rock bottom. I mean, there is an exodus of Chicago and of New York and LA as well. People don't want to stay there anymore. People, business owners say, I'm not going to have my employees get mugged on their way to work. We're moving. We're out. And I think once Chicago really sees the economic hit of people fleeing the city, then maybe they'll they'll turn things around. Perhaps even the Democrat elected leaders might change their ways. But we haven't hit rock bottom yet because they're still pursuing these horrible equity um you know policies that are destroying the country and and, and destroying that city avita appreciate you come back soon thank you uh, we have an announcement to make next for lighten the mood before we get to that major announcement let's do this one you need to protect your investments and sadly there's there's nothing you can do about the stock market and what's about to happen to it, what's been happening to it. I don't need to tell you that last year was rough. I actually deleted the investment app off my phone, so I don't even look anymore. I don't want to look. Gold and silver need to be part of your IRA. They need to be part of your 401k because what it does is it raises the floor for how low it can go. It's just secure. I mean, if you teleported yourself 5,000 years ago with the pot of gold, you'd be rich. And 5,000 years in the future with the pot of gold, you'd be rich. It just lasts. Oxford Gold has a portfolio protection plan, a way you can incorporate this in your portfolio. It's called the 123 Protection Plan. Do it, please. Make a phone call. Also, get some gold and silver delivered to your front door so you have physical gold and silver. Oxford Gold is your one-stop shop for all this they're wonderful people. Just trust me. Protect yourself. 833-995-GOLD. All right? You have home insurance. You have car insurance. Get some sort of backup for your portfolio. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And I can't think of what would lighten the mood more than a major, major announcement. This might be, gosh, I'm trying to think, is this the most important event in human history? Well, no, I mean, there have been a couple, maybe three or four events that are more important than this, but this is, I mean, you're here, you're witnessing this right here on the first TV, one of the great events of all time. What is that event? Well, <coughs> not to brag or anything, but I'm an author, world famous author, actually. I mean, I've never sold a book before, per se, but now I'm gonna. I wrote a book. You know how much I hate communists, right? You know how much we talk about fighting back against these communist scumbags, right? Well, how do we do that? There's so many different issues. Oh my gosh, the LGBTQ stuff and the climate change stuff and the schools and the monuments. and the, How do we fight back against all these things? I wrote the Anti-Communist Manifesto, available now for pre-order. Comes out June 6th. You can pre-order it now. So go enjoy the greatest book ever written. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think it is. See you tomorrow.
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.